sex writing cave where all the smut happens in real life and my head are on paper, this is the Smut Lancer Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. I'm your host and fellow Smut Lancer, Kayla Lords. Welcome to episode 23. This week, let's talk about dealing with the fear that most of us actually feel. It's not just you, y'all. This is your first time listening. Glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer podcast is produced every Wednesday, and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. Follow me there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at thesmutlancer. This week's episode is brought to you by QuickBooks Self-Employed. Want to have a better way to keep track of all your income? Do you need help tracking how much you owe in quarterly taxes? Are you looking forward to the day when you make enough to actually care about quarterly taxes? I use QuickBooks Self-Employed for all of that and more. You can use it on the web. You can use it through a mobile app. It's an invoicing system, a reporting tool, and a great way to keep up with receipts and payments. If you use my special link, you'll save 50% off the cost for a full year. That's as low as $5 a month, depending on which one you pick, um, by going to bit.ly slash smutlancer. So that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash smutlancer, or just use the link in the show notes. 50% off to keep track of your money. If you are starting to make actual income, I cannot recommend something this or something like it uh, enough. I did not use it for the first probably two years of my freelance business and my finances were all over the freaking place and I knew nothing about my taxes. And now I go in once a month, I reconcile my books, I see how much I've made, I can actually see what my current income is before and after taxes, and I can project it out for the full year. So it's a really good business tool and you can save 50% off if you use my link, bit.ly slash smutlancer, B-I-T dot L-Y slash smutlancer, or just use the link in the show notes. Okay, enough trying to like pay the bills. Um, this week's episode actually follows along with um, Monday's blog post, which I will link to in the show notes in case you haven't seen it yet, or you're listening to this way after we actually go live on it. Um, and it's about fear. And it's about fear because one, most of us feel it at some point or another. I've talked about it in the past about the the things that stop us from publishing, the things that stop, you know, a blog post or whatever, the thing that sort of stops us in our tracks and makes us question everything. Um, and it is so pervasive among us, whether in small amounts or massive amounts, you know, pure anxiety and panic. Uh, some, and I'm somebody who has anxiety and has panic attacks, so I totally get that too. Um, that it deserves sort of more um, uh, conversation around it. Um, We need to bring it out into the light so that we can um, make it as small as it really is or that it really needs to be. Our fears are usually the what ifs in our head or the things that we have seen other people sort of go through and now we're scared and we don't want it to happen to us. So there's lots of different fears. The ones I see the most or that I myself have experienced the most um, as somebody who creates content um, about sex and I do it for myself and I do it on behalf of clients um, is the fear of being wrong, the fear of offending somebody, you know, using the wrong inter- wrong terms, not being inclusive enough, um, not being sensitive enough to um, different issues that may be you don't have any personal experience with. Um, and sometimes there's also that fear of being outed or discovered or um, your vanilla life sort of um, colliding with your sex writing life. That is um, one fear that I think you either can conquer and move forward and find a way around it. Girl on the net is the 
probably the best example I can give because she has this ability and I can't imagine it. I don't think I could do it, but she's completely put a wall between her vanilla world and her sex writing world in a way that gives her as close to full anonymity as I think any human being can get. Um, the rest of us though, sort of have to make a judgment call of what we um, will do and won't do and what we can accept and what we can't accept. And what I have found is that typically the longer some of us do this, um, if we did not completely lock down um, our entire vanilla life separate from our, our sex writing life, is we tend to get more open about it. We tend to relax a bit. Um, but in the beginning, it can be it can be nerve wracking. And even long term, if you c- keep a day job that is in jeopardy, if your sex writing or sex creation or your e-commerce store, or your podcast or whatever it is, is found out, um, you that's something that's a fear you have to live with and you have to find ways to work around. Um, in this instant, in this episode, I don't want to talk about the fears themselves. I want to talk about why, um, how to overcome them and why I want you to overcome them, why I want you to move past the fear, how I have moved, moved past the fear. And I promise you, I am always afraid. I'm afraid on behalf of my clients when I write an article for them to post on their website that maybe only a hundred people will ever read. I mean, let's be realistic here. I'm not writing for these, you know, sites that get tens of millions of views a day. Um, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm terrified. I will triple check myself. Now, the nice thing about fear is that as long as it's not paralyzing you, it can keep you on your toes. It can keep you from making stupid mistakes. You know, anybody can misspeak and use a, a word that maybe other people find offensive um, unintentionally. But when you get so sort of blase, uh, that's the word. I don't know if that's the word I want. When you're so relaxed that you're not afraid at all, you're so overly confident that you um, just do whatever and you don't check yourself and you don't worry about it. That's when like real errors can happen. But when you are sort of on top of it and you're terrified of fucking up, you take, I I have found that you take greater pains to not screw up. So you check your language, you ask people's opinion, you, you know, you make sure that that word you're using um, is the appropriate word or whatever it is that you're afraid about. For me, it's not being inclusive enough. For me, it's misstating. For me, it's um, being too gendered. Now, sometimes when we've talked about this in past episodes, the content you're writing has to be gendered. It's targeted for a specific audience. It is meant to be read by specific people. That is the goal of that piece of content. And so you're going to use gendered language from time to time. Um, But when you're not, and even when you are, when you want to make sure that nobody feels left out completely, like they don't exist and they're somehow unimportant and not seen, you know, those things that that's something that you can investigate and you can talk to people about and you can mitigate those fears by making sure you're using the right language. And even when you do, you can still fuck up. Why? Because we're human and it happens. So everybody has a thing they're afraid of. Those are my fears. And I will probably refer primarily to my own fears because I'm pretty much constantly afraid and I find a way to move forward uh, anyway. And that's sort of the point, the point to this is as long as you're not paralyzed by your fears, as long as your fears aren't sending you into some, you know, spiral of mental health, um, a mental health crisis of some sort, um, it's a matter of pushing through that fear because what it is most of the time is either a fear of the unknown, 
because you don't know what's going to happen or you you still feel either so new or so unqualified for what you're doing it's you know serious imposter syndrome that you think you're not the right person to do it and you're sort of wondering who am I to do this and when is the real adult going to stand up and tell me I'm doing it wrong uh, maybe that's just me but I, I watch you guys on Twitter. I watch you guys on social media. I know it's not just me. I've read some of your blogs. I've listened to your conversations. Not like creepy listened. I mean, like you have them on social media and I'm lurking and not participating, but paying attention. And I know I'm not the only one. Um, the first thing I want you to realize is that we need your work anyway. Um, it doesn't matter if it's not perfect. It doesn't matter if you're still catching yourself using you know, non-inclusive language or you're not, you don't feel like you're describing things in a way that is um, as open as you'd like it to be and you're still fumbling your way through it, that's that's fine. Because here's the reality. The vast majority of readers of content or listeners of content are not sex writing, sex content creating professionals. They are average people who don't even realize these conversations are happening. They don't even know that there's a debate about how to describe a person with a penis, right? Like they know that they have a penis and they identify as a gender. They have no clue that there's this massive ongoing debate in the sex community of social media. So your fear, what I have found is my fear, let's bring it back to me because I don't want to speak for you. My fear is not that the reader is going to be mad at me. It's not that the person uh, listening to the BDSM podcast is going to be mad. It's the person who knows better and that they're going to judge me for it. Okay. That's where the fear comes from. And here's what I want to tell you from the perspective of being afraid, overcoming the fear, and finding some amount of confidence. I'm, I'm not quite yet ready to say, oh, I'm fully confident. No, 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 I'm still a hot mess. But it's that the your actual audience will take this journey with you, okay? They will be there when you use language you didn't know was necessarily not inclusive or not accepted and people don't really like it to be said that way or there are com- communities of people who would prefer different language to be used. And then they will be there with you when you come back and you correct, or when you do a piece where you're like, oh, you know how I have referred to all people with penises as guys? Well, guess what? Here's what I've learned about that. Here's why I'm saying it differently now. Or you'll just make that shift in language and somebody might ask you and it'll give you the opening to have the conversation about why you're doing things different. So being afraid that you're gonna be wrong is in my experience more about being afraid of making people who aren't really even in your audience yet ever or at all mad at you okay it's living in the bubble of here's how people talk about these things and there are entire communities of people who talk using who speak using specific language there's a very good chance most of those people are not in your audience either ever or yet, okay? They might be, they might come to your, be in your audience at some point once they figure out that you exist and they read something of yours you like, or they may never, they might not be your audience. Your audience might be that person who's never touched a sex toy in their life. Your audience might be that person who's just discovered they're kinky and has no clue what the hell to do with that information. Those people are, are probably prime and should, are, and if you do your job right as a content creator, or prime to go on this journey with you and will learn about this language use or learn about the things that you're afraid of fucking up 
They'll learn about it with you, which gives you a lot more room to kind of fuck it up. Not intentionally, not mean-spiritedly, not in um, a way that's meant to be bigoted and prejudiced and, and gross. None of that, but just in that human error way. Um, and the point of that long ramble there is that we do need your voice more. Pe- if more people are talking about these things in ways that make sense to them from a place where you are right now, not the place you want to be five years from now, that's more people you can bring in who will find you, who will connect to you because you talked about your depression or you talked about your, your eating disorder, or you talked about your sex life, or you talked about your mom, or you talked about being a parent, or you talked, whatever it is you talked about that they connected with you on. Um, in wherever they connected with you. I mean, I know plenty of e-commerce companies that they connect with their customers primarily through social media and then they get them back to the site to buy a sex toy. But they're connecting with them because they're small business owners. They're connecting with them because they're funny. They're connecting with them because they're parents. They're, you know, whatever whatever that connection is, that's, that's where it starts. And then they stick with you because they like what you do. They like how you are. And then they're open to, oh, well, what kind of content are they putting out? Oh, what are they talking about? Oh, I've never thought about that before. Why? Because they're not part of sex Twitter, y'all. Not everybody is living in our bubble talking about these things. And what you're actually trying to do is to reach people outside of the bubble. So when you are afraid of being wrong, in my um, experience, it is typically that you're afraid of being wrong in front of people who know about the things you either want to know about or that you do know about. Your own audience, your organic followers of people who are learning from you, they, um, they're not that necessarily that same audience. Now, I do think it's important to have a sense of responsibility to not be, you know, just saying anything and not caring about the facts because you do have people who don't know about these things following you and it is a responsibility. And sometimes that responsibility can be the thing that scares the hell out of us because it is a huge responsibility. You are educating people about something about sex or kink that, yeah, they should have learned 20, 30 years ago, maybe. They should have learned maybe back in school. They should have learned from their parents. They should have learned when they were 20. Sometimes they are 20 and you are educating them. And that's a massive responsibility. And um, that can be scary too. But if you, I think if you keep it it sort of real in your head about that this is a journey and you don't have to come out of the gate knowing everything. You're not going to, quite frankly, and do the best you can and let your fear and your your anxiety keep you sharp and keep you on your toes instead of paralyzing you, um, then you're going to be okay. Now, of course, there is sort of the fear of just general anxiety, right? There's there's these fears that sometimes we don't even have words for. We just know we're terrified and it stops us from moving forward um, on our goals. That I could probably do an entire other episode about. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, I don't have any easy answers. But for anybody who's afraid of being wrong, of offending, of... Um, sort of being seen and having people pay attention to you because there's on one level, it's cool to have people pay attention to you and to see your content and to share your content. For me, it's kind of a high. It's really, really cool. But there's also that moment of the moment I'm quote seen. I also can't be invisible anymore. I also can't um, be anonymous anymore. I now have a voice and I've made a stand and I can be wrong and I can offend and I can piss people off. And there is a fear there for some of us, myself included. Um, So I'm gonna um, go over things that I do and think about and consider 
when fear hits in order to move forward anyway, okay? Only you can decide if the fear is whatever it is that's got you afraid is so big that you can't move forward. Only you can decide if your goals are worth the um, the feeling you have right now. Um, in my opinion, 99% of the time, do it anyway. The fears are often, not always, but often a construct in our head. It's our head fucking with us to take a kink term. We're being mind fucked by our own anxiety and our own fears. Okay. It is trying to convince us of a reality that does not exist. Okay. It's trying to convince us of a reality that doesn't even exist yet. Okay. So here are the things that, um, I, I've got three, maybe four. I'm looking at my notes. I can't count. Numbers are hard. Okay. So first, if you're afraid and you hit publish anyway, or you put your thing out there anyway, and or that's your plan you're going to, here's what I do. I decide what I'm going to do right now if I'm found to be wrong later. Okay. So, um, is that how I look at my content and is it a personal thing? So who's going to tell me I'm wrong? Cause it's my personal story. That's um, to me, that's almost an easy one. You don't get to tell me how I experienced the moment or how I feel about a personal story. Um, will, how, will I just apologize if I think I'm wrong? Will I quickly apologize, fix it, take down the content, edit the content? What, how, how will I handle it? Okay. Um, I'm a planner and I was a planner long before I realized I had anxiety. So I'm pretty sure that they, the two go hand in hand. Um, but for me, having a plan, even if I never use the plan, even if I never have to call on the plan, I'm the type of person that usually has like 10 plans because they, they make me feel they make me feel better. And it's not hard for me to come up with plans in my head. So I just do it as a coping mechanism. But being prepared like that for me takes the pressure off because it means that I acknowledge I could be wrong. Somebody could be mad. I could, you know, have fucked this up in some way. And knowing how I'll potentially handle it. Um, what my options might be, you can go through the filing cabinet in my head of, okay, plan A, plan B, plan C. That is comforting to me. Um, if you yourself out there are a planner, you probably know this well, apply it here, even if you never use a plan. And then the cool thing is what I've discovered is as I've gone forward in all this blogging stuff and website stuff, and sometimes it's not your content that fucks up. I've had entire websites crash on me and I have felt like f- f- just an just awful. I felt like a failure every time it's happened. Um, and what I've learned, I've learned something from those, um, moments about how to handle it, about how people will talk to you about it, about how people will see you about all the things. And then that knowledge of having gone through it gets applied to future plans for, uh Oh, what if everything crashes and burns around my ears? Right? So make a plan write it down, make it a little mental note, whatever you need to do, but knowing how you'll handle if your fear comes true, even though 99% of the time it will never come true, can give you a little bit of relief because it means you're not going to be caught unawares. You know it's possible while you're afraid of it, Um, but you also know what you might be able to do to deal with it. And ta-da, it's a thing you maybe can stop thinking about. Um, When it comes to written content, and even video and, and audio, but written is easier. Um, if you're terrified of this thing you're about to put out in the world, ask someone you trust whose opinion you um, um, respect uh, to read your work. 
Okay. I have done that. Molly Moore is my sounding board and Molly will probably tell you that she's totally my sounding board. Um, when I have a thing that I'm like, I have just ranted in a thousand words and I am pissed off. However, this is not anything I would ever normally say publicly. Will you read this? She does. She has done that for me. Um, so find your person. Never assume that they will. Always ask. Um, always give them the time and space to do that on their schedule. Do not make demands. That's not cool. Um, but if you really are worried that maybe you've gone a step too far, um, look for, you know, look for somebody in the community that is a, somebody you trust who somebody you know likes you for you, but that you also respect their work. Okay, do not just pick a random person and try not to pick somebody who agrees with you on everything anyway. If it's somebody that you know that you're good friends with, but sometimes you don't agree on things, that's that's not a bad person to ask because they might give you a way of looking at it that you didn't see before and then you can make a decision from there. Now, even if your trusted reader friend tells you, ooh, I wouldn't publish that, the decision is still yours, but it gives you another set of eyes. It gives you somebody to talk it through with. Um, Molly said that for me twice. Once she went, I totally agree with everything you've just said, but I would not publish it. And the second time she went, I totally agree with everything you just said. I would totally publish that. However, I might make these tweaks. Um, but in that's the choice I make. I tend to look for somebody who will probably agree with me, but is not afraid, who has a different um, philosophy about content and about how to present themselves to the world. So that's another thing to look for. Maybe they do totally agree with you, but they would do things differently than you do. So find your trusted friend, ask them politely, um, and then take it from there. The other thing I mentioned sort of earlier is when you're terrified of the reaction you're going to get and how people are going to respond, I want you to be very realistic about your reader size and the past reactions you've gotten from other content you create. Um, I can tell you that on average in the first week, one of my personal on KaylaLords.com personal blog posts goes live. I might get 200 reads on it. Sometimes I get more, especially if I've, you know, sinful Sunday or boob day and it's mostly a, you know, a naked selfie. Uh, I'm going to get more views on that specific post. But in the first, yeah, in the first week, I'm probably not getting, I'm not, I'm not getting 10,000 views on a single blog post. And so when we are afraid of the thing we're about to put out, it's probably good to do a reality check of how many people are actually going to see this. And are they going to primarily be our core audience? Now, that does not mean you put out drivel. That does not mean that you just put out any old thing and you don't fact check yourself or you're, you're not careful with your language. It just means that once you've done all of those other things, then, and you're still afraid, consider how many people are gonna see this. Okay, now, of course, on social media, things can get blown up and they can get blown up out of proportion. And sometimes that's what we're really terrified of is the social media reaction. Um, I don't have a lot of good advice on how to handle it other than maybe that means you take a few days off from social media if you do start getting hate um maybe you um you know power through it and try to remind yourself that um this will this will pass this will die down this is not what people are going to remember forever and if there are one or two people who just don't let it go that says a lot more about them than it does about you. And that is very easy to say from, from this seat over here and it not being my content right right this moment. Um, but I think that 99% of the time, those fears are not justified. And they're, they those fears of social media hate tend to be focused on brands and businesses and rarely, not, not incompletely, but rarely on 
like a single person blogger or podcaster. Uh, it depends on the perception of the size of your platform too. If you are perceived to be some, you know, a small uh, site, a small video blog, a small podcast, you might get ignored, right? They might try to come after you, um, but it will pass and it will usually pass fairly quickly. Um, when you were perceived to be larger, then it can it can pile on. And I've talked about the call out culture and how I feel about it um, in in past blog posts on on the Smut Lancer. Uh, I'm not a fan. Um, I see its uses, but I also see its its abuses. Um, and I think that it's the call out culture that we witness on social media that has many of us afraid to publish our own content, and that upsets me because that silences more of us um, than than other things might do. So um, if you know, consider your audience size. If look at past blog posts, how much on average, how many people are actually reading a post at a time? How much um, social media engagement are you getting? If it's not a lot, unless you have just gone after a massively controversial topic, that's probably what's going to happen again. And so it's not it's not something that you necessarily need to be terrified about. Um, If you go back to the decide what you'll do, if it does blow up in your face and it does get hate, then to me, I think you're probably good to go because the chances are not a lot's gonna happen most of the time. Most of our fears are in our heads. Every once in a while it comes true, but it's so rare that it's not something I think we should be prepared for every single time we're about to put something out into the world. And if you're really that afraid, go back to the whole, get somebody you trust and respect to read it and give you their opinion, okay? And then decide what you're gonna do. The other thing is, and this may be the most important thing, um, not all content is the most important content in the world. 99% of content is not the most important content in the world. Not that it's all throwaway and it all takes effort. And I think from the sex writing and sex blogging community, we tend to, yeah, there's, there are sites out there that just sort of put throwaway content up and they don't care and it's awful and it's annoying. Um, and it certainly is not a good look for the whole community, but the vast majority of us really pour our hearts and souls into the things we create, whether it's products or it's blog posts, right? We're, we're working really hard to, to put our best work forward and we'll be the first to, to be hard on ourselves if we don't think it's our best work. Um, but um, most of what we do has meaning and value to us. And so the thing I would tell you to do when you're afraid of putting your thing out into the world, you're afraid of hitting publish, you're afraid of being seen, um, is to weigh how important that work is to you or your ultimate goal. Sometimes it's not the work today that's important. It's the thing you're trying to achieve. And this piece of content is part of that. Um, and those are personal Um, calls. Only you can decide that this thing you're doing is important enough to you that you need it to be out in the world. Whether anybody reads it or whether anybody likes it, you need it to have a space to exist. And I think more of us feel that way about our content than maybe we talk about or we'll even admit because it feels, you know, it feels a little hokey to go, yeah, this sex scene that I just wrote that came somewhere out of my imagination and my own personal desires or not my personal desires, just 
I don't know, sitting on the bus and this is what came to mind, um, that it deserves to have space and that it's important to me. Um, and sometimes it's not that that specific scene or that specific thing is important to you. It's about what it represents, right? It represents the freedom to explore our desires. It represents the, the lack of the sex education we didn't get when we were younger and we really need to have now. It represents this thing that you want to build. Um, maybe it's to leave your mark in the world, you know, when you're gone, long gone, 20 years from now, 30, 40, 50 years from now. Um, maybe it's your contribution to society to make the world a better place. Quite frankly, if more of us were healthy about sex and sexuality and gender, the world would be a better place. How many awful things have happened because somebody's repressed? I don't know. I have no way of knowing that. But I, I believe that that's some of what ails the world. Um, and so when you're afraid and you're hesitating and you're you're wondering what the hell do I do? Do I put this out in the world? Do I scrap it? Is what I do does what I do really matter? Think about why you're doing this thing, you know? Why this was important to you before you became afraid, before you realized you might quote have a reason to be afraid, whatever it is. What what is the ultimate goal? What are you trying to achieve and how important is that to you? I think most of us, if we get really honest with ourselves and we let ourselves sort of dream big and go kind of all squishy on the inside, we'll go, oh no, this really matters to me because, and then we'll fill in the blank with our own reason. And sometimes those reasons are inherently personal. Um, my reasons for sex blogging weren't just to explore my own sexuality and, and learn how to masturbate and learn how to orgasm. It was because I knew that if I had gone through it and I hadn't orgasmed and had an orgasm until age 32 that there were other people out there and the idea that other people out there might be going through the things I went through and not realizing that it could be different that bothers me um, but I also have my own personal goals and I recognize that content drives my personal goals too so there can be multiple goals and there's no one right one and there's no one right reason why you're doing this thing but knowing what your reason is and weighing it against um, your fear um, founded or unfounded of what might happen once you put your work out into the world, that can sometimes help you make the decision. And the last thing I want to say about this, I'm going to quote somebody who I used to admire. Um, I don't, she doesn't know I exist, so she doesn't even know that I could have admired her. Um, I used to follow all her workout plans. I followed all her advice. Um, and then um, I read some things where she was sort of dismissive of, of the way I want to, uh, my healthy lifestyle. This is about dieting at this point, not sex. Um, and so I don't know, I don't know how I feel better anymore, but I like this quote. So it's Jillian Michaels, who is hardcore, uh, weight loss person and not always right, but very popular with some people, but she has a thing she's, I've heard her say multiple times that I keep in my head in every endeavor that's important to me, whether it's weight loss and, and health and fitness, or it's writing and podcasting and building a freelance life or whatever it is. And that is you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because this work we do gets uncomfortable. It is not always fun. It is not always exciting. Sometimes it's a slog. Sometimes it's freaking work. Okay. And you're up at midnight going, why, why am I here? What am I doing? why, when did I sign up for this? Or you're battling with your inner demons and your own fears of what the what ifs, you know, the what if somebody gets mad at me, the what if I say it wrong, the what if I get social media hate, what if, what if, what if, and it stops you. And that's part of the discomfort. That's part of working through these things. And I will tell you that um, I'm not perfect at it by any means. I still have bouts of anxiety, panic. I can still have a panic attack over the things I write and the things I do, which 
makes me very angry because I don't want to have panic attacks over that anymore, but it can still happen. But I promise you over the years, I have gained confidence. And sometimes it's pushing through those fears. It's doing the thing that I'm terrified to do because what I want to do is more important than my own fear that the goal is more important, that the thing I've got to say feels more important to me. That doesn't make you selfish. That doesn't make you narcissistic to think I'm afraid, but I have this thing I want to put out in the world, so I'm going to do it anyway. That's not a negative in my book, okay? If you've kind of done your own little mental checklist of making sure it's the best content you can create and it stays true to your values and it puts out a positive message and it educates or it turns people on or whatever it's meant to do and you've gone through whatever your process is and it's the best you can put out and now your, your finger is hovering over the publish button and you're terrified and you're, you're standing still, the idea that you could say to yourself, this is too important to me to let my fear win. That's not a negative. On the other hand, if your fear wins that day, you're not a failure either. Okay. Save draft, move on, come back to it another day, come back to it when you're ready to face it. Um, but the more you do that, and y'all, let me remind you, I say this as somebody who gets gripped by panic attacks more often than I'd like to admit and lives in a constant state of anxiety. I am telling you, the more you push through those fears, the more you do the things that scare you anyway, even if you're not doing it every day, even if you're not doing it as often as you think you should, quote, end of quote, but each time you do it, you will gain confidence and you will learn that you're capable and you will learn that you can handle the things that terrify you. And yeah, I've had not hate at me. I've had subtweeting. I ignore subtweeting. If you don't, if you can't, if you can't mention me in the social media post, I'm not paying attention. I've got other things to do. But I've had it kind of directed at me before and it is terrifying and it, it makes me want to like vomit. Okay. I hate it. But you know what? I got through it that time and I'll hold myself to my standards so that whatever I put out meets my internal standards. And then I'll formulate my plan for what if somebody hates it anyway? What if somebody tells me I'm wrong anyway? Those are two separate things. Okay. I believe you can do it. I believe in you. I believe in your content. Even if your content is not content that appeals to me, even if your goals have don't sound like a foreign language to me. Okay. That's, that's not the point. You can do this slowly, inch by inch, step by step. This isn't a race. Okay. If it is a race, it's a freaking marathon. And I'm a back of the packer when it comes to marathons. I'm in the very, I've got the cop car on my butt at the end of the marathon. That's how slow I move. We can do this and you can do this. And so that is what I have to say about that. And I'm recording on the 4th of July um, for my fellow Americans. Happy Independence Day. I'm trying to pretend that politically the world is not terrible, even though I can't even look at the news. I'm just saying. Um, but, you know, claim your own independence, not necessarily from your country. That That's a different conversation. Um, but from the the fear that you have or, you know, stake your claim about the goals you want to achieve um, and the life you want to have for yourself, whether it has anything to do with being a full-time smut lancer or you just want to make enough to, you know, feed your coffee habit, then <laughs> that's fine, but you can do it. And I believe in you. And that's what I have to say about that. So I'll stop. I will stop my earnest ranting now. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast with me, Kayla Lords. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at the Smut Lancer in all three places. Feel free to reach out there or by email at Kayla at thesmutlancer.com with questions or topic suggestions. Thanks for listening and let's do this again next week. Thank you.